Right now, let's talk podcasts. Jemima Houston joins me in the Wellington studio. Hi, Jemima. Hi there, how's it going? Good, thanks. Hey, we got a bit of you in Auckland over the last few weeks. Yeah, we did, we did. It was nice to be up there for a little while. You were covering the election campaign. Was that your first election campaign? Yes, with RNZ. Yeah, and exhausting? <laughs> yeah, exhausting. Still, um, yeah, still sort of like, yeah, gathering my thoughts and gathering myself after it. But yeah. it was lots of fun. So and are your responsibilities good. with that team over now, or are you covering some of the coalition negotiations too? At the moment, might that it's over for me now. I'm yeah. back. I'm back to Wellington issues, which okay. is which is quite nice for a little break. Hey, well, well done. Um, huge thing to be able to look back on uh, to be a mm. part of. Um, you have found some time for podcasting, though, and you've been listening to one called Can I Tell You a Secret? Yes. So Can I Tell You a Secret uh, was released at the end of 2022. Um, it's a six-episode series, and the series are, the episodes are around 30 minutes long, so it's a nice, quick, easy one to listen to. And, um, yeah, it's about quite an interesting topic. It's about uh, the most prolific cyber stalker in the UK um, and the victims of this man who is named uh, Matthew Hardy. Uh, journalist Siren Kale uh, speaks to some of the 63 women who Matthew was convicted for cyber stalking over an 11-year period. Um, so to give you an idea of, of what that is, if you sort of don't have a clear idea about what cyber yeah. stalking, what, you know, you could... Yeah, what cyberstalking is. Um, Matthew would create fake profiles on social media, often sort of impersonating other people, um, and would contact uh, people close to his victims. So his victims were mainly women, um, and he would contact their boyfriend or a friend or a parent or or somebody in their life, um, pretending to be somebody else close to their life, um, and tell them a secret about the victim. Uh, For example, that would be that they're cheating on their partner or they're having an affair with their friend's partner or, you know, some pretty sort of rocky stuff for somebody to hear. You know, it would would rock your life a little bit. Um, However, none of these secrets that he supposedly was telling these people were true. Uh They were completely made up. And... um, Matthew would also sort of incessantly co- uh, contact the victim um, and tell them he was watching them or he knew where they were. Um, and, uh, yeah, his his stalking behaviour led to many of those victims living in fear that he would just show up one day. Um, and it also led to them becoming quite alienated from those friends and family mm. that he sort of stuck himself in the middle of. Um, And the podcast explores um, the experiences of a few different victims. Um, They also talk to his mother um, and one of his corrections officers because he is um, in prison currently. And the podcast basically tries to nail down why Matthew did what he did. Um, He's he was imprisoned for, for nine years. It's the longest stalking sentence in the UK ever. It took a really long time for stalking to actually be recognised as a crime um, in the UK. And uh, previously, you know, people would sort of get let off with you know a couple of months home detention, a couple of months, you know, community service. But um, he was actually imprisoned. So it was a pretty big precedent in the UK for, yeah. for that sort of quite, you know, I... <laughs> something that perhaps is becoming more and more prevalent as people people spend more and more of their life online and connecting with people online. Was it hard for them to catch up with them? Um, yeah, so 
it took a lot. He got in trouble multiple times. Um, he had huge numbers of fake profiles um, and they, yeah, there were multiple people that went to the police, figured out who it was, went to the police with their name and just nothing happened because there just wasn't anything mm. to do. Um, but eventually there was this one police invo- uh, police officer who got involved in the v- investigation and really nailed him down and and committed to um getting it to getting it to trial um so yeah it was um it's pretty interesting podcasts um a couple of matthew's victims have super detailed records um of his stalking there's one woman who's got this like big folder that she has like printouts of all the messages he ever sent her sent friends um dated and everything so it's you really get to hear sort of the exact account of what was happening to these people um and yeah it's it's an interesting exploration because they talk about you know how much of your life should you have online you know is it is it okay to be you know posting in a way that perhaps draws attention mm. to you and so it sort of discuss, discusses a few um, different issues. Well, the one thing about it um, that was sort of interesting and sort of sat a little bit funny with me is that in Can I Tell You a Secret they um, have to deal with the fact that Matthew is autistic um, and the podcast says that they worked with a, a group um an autism group in the UK but sometimes through the podcast it sort of felt like they were the blaming why he took hmm. up stalking on the fact that he's autistic which yeah. I, I don't doesn't quite sit right for me yeah. so that's sort of something that you can think about while while they're presenting it but they you know they try to sort of provide different differing opinions on that um, but yeah it's a good one um, and it's a quick easy one to listen to 30 minute episodes out of interest out. did he just did he just find these women's yeah. profiles online or yeah. they so weren't people like, he had anything to do with. He'd just yeah. seen a news story about them or whatever. Yeah, it began It began with people at his school, so people he went to school with yeah. when he was quite young. Right. So it started off in sort of, yeah, um, really early Facebook days um, where, you know, everybody would friend everybody they went to school with or in their town or sure. whatever. Um, and so it started off with girls quite close, living quite close to him, um, but then it did expand to people with public profiles like they have on Instagram now that, you know, lived mainly people living in the UK, um, and but uh, as, as he was, um, but yeah, it, it generally was connected through somebody he knew and then expanded to people who were public posting quite publicly and you can find their profile and find their pictures on your explore page. Kind of a relief they could do something, right? There's a prejudice mm. towards I, I suppose um, cases or offending where there's some sort of physical elements um, mm. but for them to be able to see the emotional damage this was causing the repeated yeah. sort of pattern of offending. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting as well because they have a long. There's an episode where they speak to his mum, and it's mainly the interview is is with uh, Matthew's mother, and she sort of really st- you know, stands by the fact that he never hurt them physically. He didn't ever do anything to physically hurt them. So his, you know, the nine years imprisonment is yeah. is not fair. She mm. argues. She says, you know, you know, obviously, you know. He caused mental distress, but that's different to 
hurting somebody and you know he didn't she argues that he didn't realize um the hurt that he was causing he was trying to make friends um and it's just interesting hearing that perspective obviously you know from from a mother who who loves her kid dearly and um you know i think probably is yeah can't can't understand herself why um, he, he ended up in the situation he did. But, yeah, 63 victims um, that he was convicted for, but they do say that there were potentially more. There were huge numbers of profiles um, connected to him. So he was talking to a lot of people and causing them a lot of stress. Jemima Houston is our podcast critic. You've also been listening to also after Ayotzinapa. Yeah, Ayotzinapa, which uh-huh. is, um, it's a place in Mexico. Um, so it's a, it's actually a school. It's named after a school. So this is a podcast that was released in 2022. It's super short. It's three episodes. It's an investigative sort of investigative journalism podcast about, um, this, uh, this event that happened in 2014. Um, so 43 students from, Ayotzinapa Rural Teachers College in Mexico went missing in 2014. Um, It's a reasonably famous story. It got press. I checked our website and we actually reported on it back in 2014, RNZ. So um, some listeners may may remember it vaguely. Um, The the missing students also sparked mass protests across Mexico um, with many families believing the government had something to do with the disappearance of 43 people, which is quite a lot of people to go missing all at once. Um, And so basically the podcast runs over what what happened that led to the disappearance of these teaching students. Um, it starts off where there's this violent clash with police um, that led to six people dying and then 40 people were whisked away by armed men in the middle of the night. Uh, and then it, the podcast explores the government response to the event, which a lot of people and a lot of the families of the students who went missing argue was not really good enough. Um, they didn't really do anything. They sort of just went, oh, well, we think it might be this sort of faction of police officers that are dodgy, you know, that have done something bad and, and we can't really do much about it. Um, and it and then, obviously, international experts um, had positions on what happened as well. So after Ayotzinapa really looks into the different perspectives on, on what happened, um, but it makes a serious connection between the disappearance and the U.S. war on drugs. Um, it talks about how there are tens of thousands of people who have gone missing in Mexico, and that is truly down to those people being targeted as drug traffickers or people involved in the drug trade um, and getting drugs into the States. Um, So it's really, the podcast is very much sort of an overarching look of of that event um, and the various different perspectives as to what happened to those missing people because they've never been found. That's the one thing about this podcast is that there's not, it's not really a happy ending. There's not sort of a their investigation meant that they found these people. Is there a suggestion Um, of a cover-up? Yeah, there's sort of a suggestion that the government just was like, oh, we just can't do anything about it, so we just are not going to get involved. Um, And, yeah, there's sort of... 
there have been bone fragments found and sort of evidence of burning and, you know, so there's sort yeah. of – but it's never been confirmed whether those people are the people who – who went missing in, in 2014. Um, I didn't know a lot about the story um, to, to begin with, so it was quite interesting to learn about that. I also don't really know a lot about you know Mexico and, and what, what happens there, so yeah. it was quite interesting to look at a pretty high-profile news story um, in Mexico. Um, it's well presented. Um, it's three episodes. They're about 50 minutes. So again, it's another quick, easy one to get through. Um, and as I said, yeah, there is no definitive answer. So if that's what makes you listen to a podcast, it's probably not the one for you. <laughs> but it is, a, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a topic that I feel like, you know, we don't necessarily see a lot of news coming from that part of the world a lot of the time. So, you know, it's quite interesting to have a, have a good idea of what's happening in Mexico. Too. Thanks, Jemima. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Jemima Houston, RNZ. Also, after Ayotzinapa is the name of that one. Uh, good luck Googling that. Also, Can I Tell You a Secret by The Guardian. Both of them are up on our website.